0: Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, Drew Locke has literally broken his silence All right, for the first time since the trade. He has made a statement, and in that statement... He completely, of course, did what you would expect a pro quarterback to do and tipped his cap to the new city, the new fans, ingratiating yourself through a PR perspective, Zach. But then he completely snubbed any and all mention of the Broncos or even like saying thanks to Bronco fans or anything. Am I making too big a deal out of that? Or is there a little something there? Like maybe he was a little bit relieved once the dust settled and he could process to get the, the Sam
1: Hill out of Dodge. Well, I can't blame him if he does feel that way. He wasn't he didn't have any future in Denver. He the last couple years have been a nightmare for him. They've done everything in their power to move past him. They went out and traded for Russell Wilson, and it could have been a better it could have been a worse landing spot for Drew. Now in Seattle, he gets the opportunity to actually start, not just be a backup. I don't know if we're reading too much into it. It might, it might be innocuous. It might be just he forgot to mention the Broncos, Broncos country, whatever, but I don't blame him if he's harboring any hostility. He went through the ringer in Denver. Some of it was his own doing. Uh, A lot of it, though, was uh, outside of circumstances, and uh, it was completely unfair, if you want to call it like it is. I
0: wouldn't blame him. Um, There's the shock aspect, right, Zach? Like When all of a sudden... The rug gets pulled out from under you and whether, I mean, a lot of people can relate to maybe either being laid off or being fired even, and it's uh jarring. It can be jarring, right? And then add into that, like, what if in your job that you work right now, you could be traded to another company and no, we're going to trade you to Oklahoma, pack your bags. You're like, wait, yo, I live here. I'm not going very weird the way it kind of works for NFL players or pro players in general is they can be uprooted. Now they collect Zach very uh high benefits for this kind of uh tight rope situation they often find themselves in. They make a lot of money. You know, Drew Locke, relative to the average American, is making a lot of money relative to quarterbacks in the NFL, not so much, but I can't blame him. Here's what he said, though, and I Can I blame him? No. Do I think he could have been smarter with this? Yes. But here's what he said. Quote, officially a Seahawk and officially pumped. Thank you for welcoming me to your great city and first class organization. You have set the standard of winning. Not a standard. You have set the standard of winning. I understand where that bar is set. Can't wait to play in the loudest stadium in front of the best fans in the NFL. I respect the history and excited for opportunity uh, to write more wearing the number two proud to be a Seahawk. And then he closes with drew. So Zach, number three, sacrosanct in Seattle. No one's going in there and wearing Russell Wilson's number. He's changing to number two is drew lock, but that's the full statement.
1: Yeah. You know, and we have to remember that these players, agents, A lot of the time, write these statements for him, and it's all vetted uh, beforehand, kind of like a template. And I feel like no matter where he went, he would have called those fans the best in the NFL. A lot of it would have been the same. So we can look into it, but he's no longer a Bronco. I do wish him the best in Seattle. I hope he gets an opportunity to show what he can do, and I hope he does it to the best of his abilities. But we got Russell Wilson, baby. And this shirt still works, and I'm still rocking it. Let him hate.
0: (laughs) Let him hate. It does, and there are people that are hating on Russell Wilson and the Bronco trade. There are people that are saying he's washed up. There are people saying that, hey, this is just going to be another failed uh, grasping at sh- the quarterback straws by the Broncos. Uh, we'll come back to that. J-Bone, as we lovingly call him, Justin Statler, jumping in. It's been a minute, but he's got a $10 super chat. We're very grateful. Thank you, Jay bone He says, I only read the title. Couldn't say I couldn't stay till this is live, but I want to leave my two cents. Locke didn't snub the Broncos. He embraced a new city and fans. Scott, was there another component? I don't, I, I, now I can't remember what you told me, but either way. Oh, and then he says, yes, he has been replaced and I can be happy about that and admit that the Broncos failed him just as much, if not worse than he failed them at the same time. They are not mutually exclusive. I mean, there's two sides to the story, you know, pick the cliche takes two to tango, whatever, but here's what I'm saying. Drew Locke didn't throw shade at the Broncos. There is is something to be distinguished here. All right, there's a difference. He didn't throw shade at Bronco fans, didn't throw shade at the Broncos, Zach, but he snubbed them. Look at Russell Wilson. All right, get it. Much more polished, much more established, definitely much more PR savvy. All right, he took time out of the gates as he's discussing his excitement of being a Bronco and kind of tipping his cap to all the new fans in Denver. He took time to uh, genuflect to the fans he's leaving behind and the city he's leaving behind and the team that he's leaving behind. That was smart. Now, I get it. Drew didn't get the pomp and circumstance, act that Russell got. You know, no one's uh, – who knows? Maybe they'll put him up in front of a uh, microphone here in the near future. But all he could do is put it in a statement. I just think he could have chosen his words a little bit better.
1: Russ is also a lot more accomplished and successful, so he has more to kind of thank the fans for and and reminisce about. What is Drew Locke going to say? Oh, well, I I improved those last three games last year where we lost. You know, We went 0-3. It was a bumpy ride in Denver, to put it lightly. There was a brief moment where you and I thought, some Broncos fans and media thought, he can be the future. He was the next man up to succeed Peyton Manning and finally solving that longstanding problem pit of misery at quarterback in Denver but it it didn't work out like that and the Broncos had a chance to get a franchise elite quarterback future hall of famer and Drew Locke was a part of that deal so it was a win-win I think for both sides and again I don't blame Drew and I wish him well in his next endeavor
0: I'm gonna find this article by the way the Seahawks are keeping their quarterback options open but they are very much from a public facing perspective talking about Drew Locke and being confident about Drew Locke as the potential starter in 2022. I'll find the article. I'll grab a few things that the GM there, John Schneider, said about that. But here's Naj Altaf jumping in with a very generous super. Thank you, bro. Devontae Adams, in case you guys missed it, traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. Nuts. The AFC West will be spectacular this season. I know the AFC West, it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind. I mean, first of all, this this division has been steadily improving over the last, you know, five, six years. The Broncos, they've missed the quarterback. You could argue they've missed that next level coaching as well, but they've kind of, as much as that hasn't come out in the standings, Zach, the Broncos have been getting better. The drafts that the last three drafts that John Elway put in the bank, good drafts. George Payton, excellent draft his first time. I mean, the, the pieces are there. And then you've got Las Vegas getting better with a franchise quarterback. you got L.A. getting better with a franchise quarterback. And then, of course, the 800-pound gorilla, the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: But the Raiders still have Josh McDaniels. And as long as they have McDaniels, it's always going to be a handicap. It is nuts. And you know who made the AFC West single-handedly the place to play? Russell Wilson. Everyone wants to play against Russell Wilson in the West, and he not only made the Broncos relevant again, he made the division relevant again. So it is nuts. There's uh, Chandler Jones coming here, uh, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, obviously Russ, and now Devontae Adams, linking up with his former college teammate at Fresno, Derek Carr. It's going to be some offense, Chad, but I'm very, very comfortable knowing the Broncos have a man by the name of Patrick Sertan II to hang with Devontae. It's going to be fireworks from the opening whistle. And as you mentioned, Russ
0: in Denver now, and as we talked about, Hey, you know, this could be another great recruiting, um, lightning rod in the vein of what Peyton Manning was able to offer the Broncos. And turns out so far, the early returns would point to at least DJ Jones, Zach, one of the reasons the Broncos were as attractive and he had multiple offers was because of Russell Wilson. He said, quote, on other teams who reached out to him during the free agency process, quote, it was a good bit of teams, some interesting offers. I won't get into that. We had a lot of love from teams, but I felt like this was home from the jump, especially when they made the move on Russ. I knew it was somewhere I wanted to be. I want to win immediately. That's what they're doing here. That's what we, and then he corrected himself, we are doing here, close quote. So then he talked about the culture and going against Russ uh, since he's basically been in the league with the San Francisco 49ers and how excited he is and confident he is. Dude, we'll see if the Broncos can reel in any other free agents thanks to Russ.
1: I will say the the next move is the Broncos and I I don't want George Payton to make a move for the sake of making a move to appease the fan base, but you got to have a counterpunch now. Lyle Collins is officially officially released. He's out there visiting Cincinnati though. So I don't know if the Broncos will get a shot at him, but they got to do something. You need a right tackle, a quarterback. I would even bring back Bryce Callahan and pray he's healthy for a year and then address that spot in the draft. But every other team is getting better around you and the Broncos have to keep up pace. Come on, George. Let's get on the phone. How cool would it be on that topic? And then we'll grab Corey H. Appreciate your patience,
0: Corey Broncos signed Tom Compton. So they do have a, in my opinion, significantly better and more proven tackle option other than Calvin Anderson. Now to complement Garrett Bowles. I don't know
1: about better because I, I wrote the article and I looked into him. He's the actually graded out as the fourth best run blocking tackle in the NFL last year. So that's his forte. The downside, though, is he's terrible in pass pro, so I think Bobby Massey's better overall if you want to bring him back as a starting holdover tackle. And maybe Calvin is a little better in pass pro than Compton is, but he can play multiple spots. He has position versatility. He can compete at guard as well. And they're going to have an open competition. They also brought in Ben Braden, former Packers guard. And from what I'm hearing, they're going to open the spots between Reisner, Moody, Braden, and uh, Tom Compton. And may may the best man win under uh, Butch Berry, the new O.L. coach.
0: Get after it. You know,
1: scholarship's over.
0: Earn your keep. Sing for your supper. Corey H., thanks for your patience, bro. Really appreciate you. In Detroit, another one of our great hashtag state of being, members of Broncos country, he says, I'm not going to lie, this Devonte deal to the Raiders hurts. In my book, we are at least a solid corner or inside linebacker away from me feeling like we have the best roster. The Raiders are for real. We'll talk about how real they are real quick, though. In Rappaport, the full compensation for Devontae Adams. Uh, the Raiders get Adams. The Packers get a first and a second round freaking draft pick. Adams gets a five year deal worth a whopping 141.25 million clams.
1: Whoa franchise quarterback money for a receiver that, and you already had Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. The The contract they gave him was worse to me than the draft compensation they gave up to land I understand why they made the move, but that's a lot of coin for a wide receiver, a non quarterback.
0: And you know what? I look, he's the best route running wide receiver in the NFL. All right. Jerry Judy though, now with a competent quarterback might be able to outpace him. We'll see on that. But Zach Devontae Adams, let's not forget. He's 29. Now, he just turned 29 in December, so we can say, though, he's entering his age 30 season. This is about, Zach, where it can and often does the wheels start to fall off for NFL-wide receivers, so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, really what dividends are paid on this, but to Corey's point here, the Raiders are for real. Well, there's one little caveat there that, I mean, I guess we can go based on past history, but we don't really know yet and that is the coaching did the raiders make a next level higher here in going after mcdaniels or are they fixing to repeat the same pit of misery type of results the broncos got from him for two years uh, a decade ago that remains to be seen he's already proven zach that he is a upper echelon play caller and he's an upper echelon coordinator but he failed in his brief as a head coach and a leader of men miserably. We'll see if he learned from that you know you're supposed to learn from your failures and I believe that you learn more from your failures than you do your success even though success leaves clues. but in the case of Josh McDaniels, those failures Zach were so serious. they were so deep especially on the heart level the character level very smart between the ears but his in his heart does he have the wisdom? To have learned what lessons that provided, only time
1: will tell. But I'm not counting on it. I thought he did. He actually impressed me by hiring Patrick Graham as his DC. But then he turns around and hires none other than Tom McMahon to run his special teams. So it's just Josh McDaniels being Josh McDaniels. I don't know what he sees there. And for Devontae, aside from the coaching, the biggest risk, if I'm the Raiders, is he's going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. And I'm a Derek Carr fan, but he's nowhere near the level of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he's going to live up to that contract. I don't know if he'll ever look the same as he did in Green Bay. That's a major gamble for the Raiders, and biasly, I hope it doesn't pay off. I'm surprised Aaron Rodgers didn't
0: find a way to kind of you know, block that from happening. I don't know. Either way, T twice in the house, Travis Tarbox, what's good, big dog? He says, I asked Scott his opinion on Deshaun Watson or pardon Deshaun Watson this morning. And he basically pled the fifth. I respected his decision, no doubt. Um, well, what exactly are we talking about here? Just overall, he's not he's no longer nuclear, he's no longer toxic in that sense, Zach Deshaun Watson. He can now go on and, and continue leading what was shaping up to be a very prodigious NFL life what's your take on Deshaun Watson do you think he's going to pick up where he left off prior to all the drama and the and the allegations or do you think he's a changed man in a, in a negative sense relative to football
1: well that's you know that was my uh, my thought if if you believe people don't change then you're always going to have a risk with Deshaun Watson I'm not saying that 22 allegations are all true or he's being railroaded, but it's 22 allegations, not one or two. So there's a repeating pattern here. And he's always going to be at a a risk of reoffending in some way. The microscope is going to always be on him. And he knows the next step, the next strike in the NFL would be a year long suspension or whatever. So there is a risk taking him on. Um, I, I, I always thought he was a good quarterback, but is he like, you know, a Super Bowl caliber, I don't know. He led the league in passing in twenty nineteen. The Texans went four and twelve. So, how really good is Deshaun Watson? I think he's a, a franchise quarterback, but a guy to give up three first round picks to, a guy that you're going to circle in a Super Bowl berth with, I don't know about that. Uh, interested to see where he lands up, either Atlanta or New Orleans. I think New Orleans would be a nice landing spot for him, but we'll see. In the NFL.
0: It's basically this. Did you did you get proven guilty of something egregious? I mean, these are egregious allegations. Were you proven guilty? No? Okay, then we're going to go ahead and move forward as if it never happened. You know, NFL likes to kind of be oblivious because the most important thing to them is the bottom line, and the most important thing to the bottom line is providing a winning product on the field. And so, you know what? He'll probably settle some of these things and move on with his life. I don't know, man. As, as Zach said, there wasn't enough there for a grand jury uh, to indict him on any kind of criminal charges, but that doesn't mean there wasn't any there there. The number, the sheer magnitude of the number of, of women that came forward, that's what's concerning. But I think now, Zach, really, I mean, we could sit here and discuss the uh, character flaws and strengths of Deshaun Watson, but bottom line is, he's uh, NFL has the green light. He's been rubber-stamped to get back into the saddle.
1: Well, I just love how because he's not going to be charged criminally, he's suddenly um, free and clear and has no bad reputation. And all I'm hearing about is Randy Gregory's baggage and nothing about Deshaun Watson's baggage. So a guy with 22 allegations of sexual misconduct is more innocent in the eyes of many than a guy who smoked weed for anxiety. There's always a double standard in the NFL. I think because Watson plays quarterback, he has that—I don't know—that um, get out of jail free card, literally and figuratively. <laughs> I just hope wherever he ends up, he stays on the on the you know the straight and narrow. He is a good player to watch, fun player to watch, but I don't know. Seventy-eight
0: lead head. We'll see, buddy. We shall see. Relative to old uh, uh, Lyle Collins, it would be awesome. It would be awesome. But these additions that they've made now with Calvin Anderson. And now Tom Compton. I know Tom can play inside too, but something tells me that they're going to kind of let that sleeping dog lie and probably draft one. I hope I'm wrong because I would love to see a player of Collins' magnitude in Denver blocking at right tackle. Miguel says, what in the Sam Hill? Adams to the Raiders. Holy mackerel, Batman, the AFC West is the division you don't want to face. Facts. Indeed. What the Sam Hill? Indeed. Edward Keating, good to see you, bro. Thank you. He says, I wish Locke well, but I'm excited uh, for the Broncos under Wilson. Raiders got Adams. This division is stacked, but we still have the better roster. What do you guys think? Let's go, Broncos. Now, I think across the board, now that you – I mean, take away the other free agent moves, Zach, the Broncos have made in 22. Just interjecting Russell Wilson onto this roster as it was, I think they're a better team than the, than the Raiders. I think they're a better team – than the chargers and you, you can make an argument depends on what you look at there. But I, I put them, if, if we have to power rank it now based on roster Zach, and then just like what you've done, I'm going to still give the chiefs number one in terms of power rankings to start the season only because this collection, this cast of characters has already proven itself in the AFC West. Broncos still have to prove themselves. Even though Russ is proven he's proven in Seattle, he's proven in that environment. He's got to prove it here in Denver, but I still put them too. And then I'm going to pro, I'm going to put the Raiders and then I'm going to put the Chargers. I still, on all fronts, and one of my best friends in the world, Pat Burns, shout out. Loves the Chargers. So cover your ears, my friend. But on all things, Chargers, when it comes to success and hype, I believe it when I see it.
1: I think every most teams, I'm, I was going to say everyone got better in the West, but the only move the Chiefs made is signing Justin Reed, the safety. They haven't made that splash blockbuster, but you have Patrick Mahomes, so that covers a lot of um, you know sore spots on the roster. I think the Raiders have better um, personnel at certain spots. I think right now their pass rush until proven otherwise is better. They have Chandler Jones to go along with Max Crosby. Um they have a better tight end, obviously, Darren Waller. You can make the case that Javante and Josh Jacobs are equal. Receiving core, I mean, on paper, it's it's both are pretty imposing. I know Devonte is the best receiver in the NFL, but the Broncos have a collection of young talent. Offensive line can go either way. So, I mean, they're going to hang in there, the Broncos, with any team. And now, like Chad said, as long as you take away the Gregory signing, the Jones signing, the Compton signing, as long as you get Russell, you automatically go from here to here by the virtue just of his presence alone. And all we know now is the Broncos can go toe-to-toe with anyone, and they don't have to back down. They don't have to uh, worry about being insignificant at the most important position because they have that guy in place.
0: It's interesting. Uh, I pulled up the article, by the way. I want to come back to this after we grab Dave's very generous super chat. But what the Seahawks are saying about Drew Luck, I think this is something that will interest you guys. Uh, Dave Milledge, thank you, buddy. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name, Millage or Millage. That's the only only two options I'm coming up with. But up there north of the 49th parallel in Canada, proving that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Dave, thank you, buddy. Helps keep the lights on here. Trust. He says, good evening, MHH. We are in good shape today with more work to do and free agency in the draft. We know that. As the West amps up, let's secure Russell's protection and head to battle. Great chats in the huddle each night. That's cool, dude. Um, British Columbia? Is that where you're from up there? I don't know. But either way, Zach, Dave is uh, increasingly becoming a legend.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you so much, Dave. And I agree with what you're saying here wholeheartedly. There's no way they can go into the season with either Calvin Anderson or Tom Compton starting a right tackle. They got to do something there. And I know that Lyle Collins is the only major fish in the market, and he might go to Cincinnati, but maybe you look In the trade market, maybe you uh, pick up a guy like Dennis Kelly to hold the four. They just have to do whatever they can to placate Russell Wilson, especially with the past rush that we've been talking about in the West now. You don't make a trade of that magnitude and get a quarterback of that magnitude and don't do everything to surround him with the best talent available. So I'm right there with you. you got to protect Russ by any and all measure. All
0: right, let me me cover some of the things they're saying. I'm trying to find this uh, Schneider quote, but oh, I found it. All right. So first of all, you know, referencing the hot Drew Locke start to his career, right? The 4-1, then they fire Scangarello, and then it basically went downhill from there. Well, here's what uh, Carol said. Quote, his third down numbers were terrific. He was taking care of the football really well. Uh, Locke, who on third down as a rookie, completed 70% of his passes, averaged 6.7 yards per attempt, and threw four tutties with zero picks. Um, and then he goes on to say the coordinator left after that time. Times changed for him, and he didn't play to that same level. Exactly what we had evaluated, he showed. John stayed with it, followed him through his career, talking about the GM, watched it happen. We still think he's that guy. And then Carroll went, then doubled down on his offensive philosophy and all that. I don't need to get into that, but however their faith in this is the athletic. However their faith in Locke. Uh, however their faith in Locke won't prevent Carroll and Schneider from entertaining other quarterbacks. Schneider said, quote, we'll continue to explore options, but we have a ton of faith in Drew. We're excited about it. So that's how they're feeling about Drew. And, you know, they said some really nice things about Drew in Denver. Um, took a took a minute to get it out of the guys in Denver, the new coaching staff, and then he got traded. So you can't take any of that to the bank so, so much, Zach. But they did acquire him via trade. So they don't really have any better options now. Doesn't mean they can't getting to like the Deshaun Watson conversation or something else, but I don't know. I think they're going to roll with Locke and and
1: draft a quarterback. I was going to say, where have I heard that before? It's it's all very uh, eerily familiar. I think Seattle's plan with Drew is what the Broncos plan would have been if they struck out on A-Rod. Have Drew as the fallback, but if you can upgrade, you can upgrade. I don't know about Deshaun Watson, but I heard that uh, they're going to make a play for Baker Mayfield because Baker wants out of Cleveland. So uh, Officially. Yeah, you know what? I'm just so happy the Broncos like when there's a quarterback available now, Chad, we don't have to wonder, oh should the Broncos kick in a second and a third for Baker Mayfield or go after Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm so happy that roller coaster ride is over and good luck Seattle. It's a bumpy expedition. Andrew
0: Baker, what's good, big dog? How's Axel doing?
1: Let us know. Andrew
0: says, "I wish Drew the best. I think he'll make hay in the NFL, but with Russ, who is going to be his go-to guy or who should be his go-to guy, MHH for life, you to man, big dog. Um, I think his go-to guy is going to be Cortland Sutton. Russ likes throwing to the, to the numbers. All right. He likes throwing to the, to the outside, to the hash vertically back shoulder. He likes throwing outside. He'll work the middle of the field, but that's kind of his, his first instinct. So who's the outside more often than not, it's Sutton, it's Patrick, Judy is interesting to me. I want to see if this is the quarterback that Judy's been waiting for that can really kind of finally unlock what he can do. Because Jerry Judy, I mean, the highest drafted wide receiver in Broncos history, did not touch the end zone in year two. You know, it was a bad offense last year. Probably shouldn't make too much of that, Zach. But if I had to answer this question, I think it's going to be Cortland Sutton, the first guy he mentioned. No, actually, Tim Patrick was the
1: first guy he mentioned in the press conference. So maybe that's the one. But it's going to be an outside guy. Yeah, it's. I think he's going to like everyone. Honestly, this receiving core is so deep, including Albert. O for that matter but I'm going to go with Jerry Judy just to change the conversation up a little bit just because of what Judy can do with his footwork and his route running and separation when he's used correctly I'm like running fake jet, jet sweeps under Pat Shermer Nathaniel Hackett and Justin and they're going to get Judy the ball they're going to get him in space and get the ball in his hands let him make plays and once Russ gets that trust level down with Judy and that comfortability and his eyes are opened as to what Judy can do that's going to be his guy I literally cannot wait for Judy to finally break out and shut a lot of his haters up. They're calling him a bust. He should be traded. There's a reason why he was the 15th overall pick. There was a reason why he was so highly touted in college. There's a reason why I call him Devontae Adams Light. Get the ball in his hands, and I guarantee you good things are going to happen.
0: Well said. Travis, so is Tom Compton an upgrade over Massey? I don't know that I would call him an upgrade over Massey. I do believe he's an upgrade over Calvin Anderson. Much blood. I mean, dude is a road grader. Uh, at right tackle. Pass blocking, not so much as you heard Zach mention it earlier in tonight's show, but Zach, here's the thing. There's a little bit of a difference blocking for a pocket statue like Jimmy Garoppolo and Russell Wilson in terms of taking pressure off your, your guys responsible for blocking the edge. And so I think that's going to help Garrett Bowles and whoever ends up playing right tackle. I think Russell Wilson's Uh, speed with which he gets rid of the ball, and then also his ability to improvise off-schedule. It's going to help out whoever that is. So it wouldn't surprise me, in other words here, Zach, if Tom Compton comes to Denver, ends up becoming the starter, and his pass-blocking grades suddenly get better. Not necessarily because he got better, but because
1: the quarterback play was more suited to maybe some of his... uh, strengths and weaknesses. I think it's an upgrade for the Broncos in the sense that Compton's reuniting with Butch Berry, who was the uh, Niners assistant coach, and now he's the the Broncos offensive line coach. So uh, familiarity is going to help Compton uh, have an upper edge on that spot, but also the familiarity with George Payton because Compton played for the Vikings, and he was equally as terrible in pass pro there. So, again, he's a nice, to me, a nice depth piece and uh, a good guy to have, play guard maybe in a pinch, tackle in the pinch, swing. But I don't want a swing guy starting at right tackle. I want a bona fide guy, blocker, starting for right tackle for the Broncos and guarding Russell Wilson. I just, I can't, I can't chance it. I can't. Fonzie
0: with a super chat. Welcome, Fon's. Appreciate you. With all the moves the AFC West teams are making at edge rusher, how the heck our O-line is going to hold up wild? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think we we just spent a minute on that. But Garrett Bowles still going to give you, I think, top 15 caliber play at left tackle. And the same thing I said in how Russ is going to benefit whoever wins the right tackle job applies to Garrett Bowles. Um, it's definitely a challenge, you know. The ante has been upped in the AFC West, which is why both Zach and I would feel a lot more comfortable if the Broncos were to move one more mountain and get Lyle Collins here. But barring that, I still like where they're at right now. I don't love it, but bringing in Compton, you know, Anderson is a, at least semi competent swing guy, and then hey, partake in this tackle class in the draft because there's some good ones.
1: That's where I think they're going to go. If they don't make any other moves between now and the draft, they got to use a premium pick to shore up right tackle. Just get some guy that can compete. So you have a rookie, you have Calvin, and you have Tom Compton at right tackle. May the best man win. I hope that best man does his job keeping Russell Wilson upright. Bryce, what's good, big dog? Thank
0: you for the super. It is really good to see you. He says, Russell Wilson has started World War III in the AFC West. Yeah, it's like an arms race right now. I mean, it really is. And, uh, you know, he relishes that. He fears nothing. Remember, I'm I'm reminded of uh, the big Lebowski. We feel nothing, Lebowski.
1: That's Russell Wilson to Patrick uh, Mahomes right now. And it's so nice that the, there's a legitimate chance the Broncos are going to win this war. It's not like every other team is getting better and everyone's counting out the Broncos to get crapped on. I mean, there's a chance they can emerge this season holding the AFC West crown. I'm so excited to see the games play out.
0: Um, yes, but you know, that onus, I think to, uh, Fonzie's point in GLP, you the the onus is on all the offensive lines. Now in the AFC West, things just got spicy. Cause now you add Randy Gregory to Bradley Chubb. And I mean, it's going to be a gas Michaela, the Duchess jumping in. Great to see you. She says why it always feels like we're always playing catch up, always chasing the rest of the division, never on top. Love you, Michaela. So generous of you. Um, well, you know, it's because we lo- the, the Broncos have not had a quarterback for six years. You know, that's the thing you got to remember. Now that's changed. That's changed. Look at it like this, Michaela. Pretend when Peyton Manning arrived in Denver in 2012. He wasn't 36. He was 26. All right. Just for craps and giggles for a second here. All right. And through all this stuff that's happened in AFC West history since 2012, Manning's been here the whole time and all these changes that are getting made and the additions around the AFC West, would they cause that much as much, I should say trepidation if Manning had been here the whole time? Probably not, but because the Broncos have been in literal catch up mode this entire time, Sands' quarterback, it kind of feeds that feeling of uh, insecurity and fear, I think, but your mindset should go to, Hey, it's basically the equivalent of having Peyton Manning here. Now, Russell Wilson, you shouldn't fear that Russell Wilson is the, the tide that raises all ships. It's going to take time for uh, Broncos country to really see it because literally we got months to go till the season starts. But I have zero doubt that so long as Russell Wilson stays healthy, Devontae Adams, uh, doesn't matter who is heading to the AFC West, the Broncos are going to be a force to be reckoned with. This isn't going to be a an easy dub on the schedule for any team anymore. The Broncos
1: are going to be a problem. You know, we appreciate you, Michaela. Thank you so much for your super. I, I think you're being a little, I'm not, one to t- I'm not one to tell somebody else not to be pessimistic, but you can make the case easily that every other team was playing catch-up after what the Broncos did. They started this whole firestorm by landing Russell freaking Wilson in a, in a massive blockbuster trade, and every other team adjusted and countered to that. So I know it's a it's a anxiety-filled proposition when a team like the Raiders lands Devontae and Chandler Jones goes to the Raiders and this and that, but when you have Russell and when that final domino falls and they finally solve that long-standing need with a quarterback of his magnitude, pairing him with the coaching staff, pairing him with these players, what they've done in free agency on top of Russell Wilson, it's just as... You have just as reason to be optimistic as you do pessimistic. So that's the that's the bucket I'm looking in. I'm, my cup is half full, not half empty.
0: I would really, Michaela, lean into the sea change aspect of what's happening in Denver right now on a on a energetic, spiritual level. Like there's a new sheriff in town, and I don't say that as like a tip of the cap to Peyton Manning, but Russell Wilson, no joke, right? Let me remind you, the Seahawks have had some pretty bad uh roster holes in recent years. Really from 2014 on, it's been a steady decline. All right. A lot of snafu's and free agency, a lot of bad draft classes. And yet in the 10 years Russell Wilson was that team's franchise quarterback, they missed the playoffs twice. One of which was this past season and he was hurt. And yet he still made the Pro Bowl. So lean into the optimism, my friend, because I don't I really don't think you have anything I know we're all a little traumatized right now. I mean, five years of straight losing seasons and then six of missing the playoffs. I mean, the depredations have been serious. I get that. But now is the time to feel confident in being hopeful. All right. That's what I, that's my message to you. Naj, love you. Thank you for number two tonight, bro. He says, Do you rather see the Broncos going after a lineman, uh, Collins, like Collins, or waiting for the draft? Zach, gun to your head right now. Is Collins coming or is it probably the draft? I
1: mean, I heard that he wants to play for Miami and now he has a visit lined up with Cincinnati. I don't think the Bengals are going to let him get away. The opportunity to join the AFC champions, it could be uh, uh, too much for him to pass up on. I would love Lyle, but I'm being realistic. And again, if they don't make another move between now and the draft, I think they're going to use a premium pick to solve that right tackle need. Who that guy is at 64, I do not know. Maybe they even trade up into the top of the second round or maybe – even in the the top, the bottom half of the first round, but they got to do something because again, if they go into the season and you have the four other five positions pretty much filled and that last spot is led by Calvin Anderson or Tom Compton. How do you feel good about that?
0: I really think the Broncos are erring on the side of, we're going to trust our quarterback. They made a move to resign Anderson post having that trade in place with Seattle. And then they sign Compton. I think they're going to say, look, is it like ideal right now? No, but we feel like Russell Wilson's the equalizer there. Um, Marcus Lewis Hanna from across the pond. Appreciate the stars, big dog. It's good to see you. Uh, Tom El Greco up in Canada. See, state of being, baby. He says, I'm excited we have an elite quarterback in Wilson, but I was a big lock advocate. I'll root for him as well. Yeah, dude, I don't blame you. Like, it's You want to see the guy. It's like when Vaughn left, right? He got traded or whatever. You know, I think all Broncos fans, for the most part, were rooting for him to succeed. And when the Rams made it to the Super Bowl, even though we're an AFC fan base, I think most Bronco fans, Zach, were rooting for Vaughn to get that uh, second ring. And the same goes for when Philip Lindsay left, you know, a little bit lower, significantly lower profile, uh, philip Lindsay. But pick the player. I mean, you want to see him succeed elsewhere unless they take their talents to a rival,
1: like the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers. Here's what I'll say. I'll root for Drew to get the opportunity to sink or swim on his own. Because I don't think he truly and completely and wholly got that in Denver. And if he if he sinks on his own, you know, he's on his own in terms of my loyalty to him. You know, he's no longer a Bronco. We cover the Broncos on this podcast. I wish him the best with the Seahawks. He didn't get a fair shake, I think, in Denver, but let's see what he can do in a new locale. That's what he needed most of all. We we were talking about that months ago. A change of scenery was the best thing for Drew Locke, and he finally got it.
0: And the other thing on that front is what did we tell you? You know, there's there are going to be teams out there who have their own evaluation on Drew coming out that are going to convince themselves or, you know, are of the mindset anyway that, hey, we had this evaluation on Drew. We like this. We like that about him. I mean, John uh, Schneider said, yeah, we love the hose he's got on his shoulder, right? And But if we can just get him into our culture, I know it hasn't been great in Denver, but in our scheme, in our culture, it's going to be different. That's exactly the kind of verbiage that John Schneider and Pete Carroll were spouting this week. Retro Rob TV, what's good? Says, fact, Zach, ever since Russ got traded to Denver, it doesn't seem as if the rest of the teams in the AFC West, it does seem, pardon,
1: as if the rest of the teams in the AFC West went into desperation mode. I appreciate that, uh, Super Rob. Desperation mode, I don't know because those teams all – we're better than the Broncos for the most part uh, the last couple of years, but they did recognize that, whoa, the Broncos are legit now. They're no longer the Broncos of the Fic Fangio. They're no longer your brother's Broncos. This is the new age. This is a new era. This is a legitimate playoff, if not Super Bowl contender with Russell Wilson. And I think the teams around them, except for Kansas City, they all try to counter the Broncos' moves, which is nice in itself. The fact the Broncos are that relevant, the the Broncos are setting the standard. Everyone wants to be as uh, splashy as them. They want to make moves to combat their biggest move, which was Russell Wilson. So it it does seem like he started that firestorm. And that's why I disagree with what Michaela said, that uh, they're playing catch-up. The other teams are. The Broncos aren't. It's going to be interesting because, I mean, obviously we can't forget
0: about the Chiefs, man, and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's going to be a consistent thorn in Denver's side for the foreseeable future. But you know what else is going to be in the foreseeable future, Zach? Russell Wilson, 10 to 12 years. That's how much longer he wants to play. So we're talking into the early 2030s. Yo, so you're going to have the ability, is my point here, that for most of the time in which Patrick Mahomes is a chief, you're going to be able to go toe-to-toe, fight fire with fire, health-willing on the Russ front. Mike, it's good to see you, big dog. Um, let's see here. We're at 40 minutes. We're doing pretty good. Travis, we get the O-line right. It's going to be awesome to watch. Yes, indeed. But already, I mean, already, the offensive line that is going to coalesce around Russell Wilson is many orders of magnitude better than anything he's had there in a while in Seattle. So that's that's the good news here. Um, Flazify, that's a newer name. Welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter. Says, I hope Tom Compton is not starting next season. By far, the Broncos' worst signing so far
1: is tape is horrible. Zach, you had the write up. All I've done is read your article. I mean, I don't think the Broncos signed him to be the starter, though. And in a worst case scenario, he could step in, but he's a depth piece. You know, he's a swing guy that you bring on the bench if you want to tackle a, or a guard. He has versatility. There's lots of like he has familiarity with uh, Butch Berry. His tape in pass pro is not good, but his tape in run blocking is pretty good. So uh, nice, again, swing guy, backup, reserve, whatever you want to call him. I just I'm assuming George Payton's plan isn't to start Tom Compton, but to have him as a uh, insurance guy, that's a lot better. Lawrence brings up a point here
0: I like. He says, honestly, I think it was McDaniels that set us up for Elway and his run that precede that you know came after that, very true. And also, it's like you know you got to walk the desert before you can get to the promised land. That was the desert for the Broncos, and then you can even argue in that same spirit, Lawrence. You can argue: Does Peyton Manning land here without Tim Tebow making the Broncos a national phenomenon in 2011? My opinion is no. That's my opinion. But uh, Phil McLaughlin, appreciate you, big dog. Uh, Clado tornado. He says, Zach, you being a former Dallas reporter, should we be as concerned with Collins' weight issues
1: as Cowboys fans say we should, or is that just salt on their side? I I don't think his weight is a concern. From what I'm hearing, he kind of – he had hip surgery after the 2020 season, and he showed up uh, to training camp last year not really giving the full – prognosis to the Cowboys and that kind of, uh, pissed them off. And then he had a five game suspension for missing a drug test, which was, uh, re- he, you know, he, had uh, thoughts to get that reduced. It didn't work out, but that was kind of a, uh, overreaction on the NFL's part. So no, the weight issues, aren't a problem, his hip could be an issue because those things don't go away. Those are lifelong things that you battle. And for a, a big guy like Lyle Collins who has to move in different directions, it's always something worth monitoring. But if you can get him, you have to get him. He's a monster. Again, I'll keep saying it literally and figuratively, and he would instantly upgrade that entire line. Ronnie,
0: a legend, only a legend, puts a selfie in the dentist chair on their Facebook profile pic. Love you, Ronnie. Appreciate you. And I still have held on to two of those, what would you call them, Zach? The little Bronco head and the uh, emblems. Medallions. Yep, they're a treasure. So thank you, Ronnie. He says, I expect we'll see several great games involving the AFC West. What a time to be alive. Indeed, that's what I'm saying is, listen, like the children of Israel of old, you guys wandered the desert. You suffered. You went through the ups and the downs you took your lumps you paid the price and now the mana has dropped down from heaven in the form of Russell Wilson and it's going to be it's going to make up for what I think Bronco fans have have gone through the last five six years which was unprecedented
1: you know unprecedented since the the 60s and we got Lawrence asking what's up with Melvin Gordon my answer is I really don't care what's up with Melvin Gordon you know it, it just shows how how much he was overpaid on his last contract because he's coming off a a solid season and he hasn't gotten a sniff on the open market from what I know. And, uh, the Broncos, I heard a reunion wasn't likely, but maybe if his price is lower enough, they can bring him back, uh, to the one B status to the Javante Williams, one, a, but on Williams for one second, I love how it's shaping up for him. They brought in two offensive linemen of the road-grading variety. They brought in a blocking tight end, Eric Tomlinson, and a quarterback who thrives off play action. Javante is going to eat with a capital E this season. I cannot wait to see him break out. No one's talking about him in the Broncos' offense, but he's going to be a huge, huge part of it. And
0: uh, you have Russell Wilson mentioning J-Dubb. And, of course, you're not going to mention Melvin Gordon because he's not under contract and you're Russell Wilson and you've done your due diligence and you know that. But at the same time, those two go back, man. They go back to Wisconsin in college. So, uh, anyway, I agree. I think uh, the longer Melvin stays out there on the market, the better it, it is for the Broncos if they have an interest in perhaps bringing him back because this is Melvin realizing that I thought the streets were always going to be paved with gold for me out there. I mean, I'm Melvin Gordon. Yeah, $8 you were a little bit overpaid, big dog. Jeremy, what a breath of fresh air this offseason has been. The quality of character the guys Peyton continues to bring in is impressive. It's a testament to how important a good GM really is in building a competitive franchise. Yes, and a GM who's unafraid of being aggressive and taking risks, while keeping somewhat of a pragmatic hat on like that would be my one um biggest complaint about john elway is the peyton manning thing i don't know if it's because at the time you know they're paying peyton 19 million dollars a year and that was a lot of money for nfl teams back then yeah, i don't know if it was that but john elway became very miserly almost like he He just wasn't swinging for the fences, and I think the closest he got to swinging for the fences was drafting Paxton Lynch in the first round, and it was late in the first, and you really had to talk yourself into that one, John and Matt Russell. So, look, George Payton said, I want to be a part of every deal. We're going to be a part of every deal. (laughs) Doesn't mean we're going to make every deal, but Zach, that has come out in the wash, dude. This guy is plugged in. He's active. He's definitely got plenty of Folgers stacked up in the office because indeed coffee is for closers and he's closing the deals.
1: Yeah, and nothing ever leaks out of the Broncos' front office. None of us know what his next move is going to be, and that's a sharp contrast to the Elway area as well. But it's also how Peyton negotiates and how he structures these deals. Russell Wilson, I think the Broncos, quite frankly, stole him from Seattle considering what they gave up. You signed Randy Gregory to a massive contract, but if you look at it closely, $6 million cap hit. you can get get out of it after two years. I just love the direction of the Broncos under Peyton, who in one year, one year, Made them a title contender. Great job. Jeremy
0: says, I hope Pete Carroll gives Locke his chance. We'll see, buddy. I do, too. I mean, I really do wish the best for Drew. I still think he's a very talented quarterback. It's going to take the right coaching staff to help him put it all together between the years, and we'll see if that's Seattle or not. Um, And, of course, the onus is on him as well. Andrew Baker, Axel's doing great. Thanks, guys, for the love. Great to hear. Great to hear. Thank you for the update, my friend. Um, yeah, Albert brings up the point. Jerry Judy didn't get mentioned during the presser yesterday. Um, I think it's because he was speaking to the people that were there. You know, um, if you look at some of the pictures of the players that were in the back of the room during Russ's time, like, you know, he's talking to people who he can see. That's how I read into it. I could be wrong, but I don't think there's anything judy's name not being front and center yesterday i don't think there's really anything to take away from that per
1: se though no he's going to be a star and i think russ is going to like i said he's going to love throwing to him he's going to break out this year mike kane good to see you mike
0: great show guys i'm not worried about adams to the raiders they're still the worst team in the afc west see i think the chargers are the worst team in the afc west now I could be wrong on that because the coaching could be the the thing that levels the playing field, so to speak. And Brandon Staley, um, you know, he had set the Chargers up for a playoff run and then they kind of caved the, down the stretch. And uh, the Raiders, man, with a interim head coach, special teams guy at that, they made the tournament, you know? So, I don't know. I, I really don't think – I don't know what it is about the Chargers, dude, but I just – I don't I'm doubting Thomas. This is my, what is this? My second or third um biblical reference here. I'm doubting Thomas when it comes to the Los Angeles Chargers. It's because they're
1: chokers. They're perennial chokers, and they'll, they'll never get over the hump. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the, the Raiders can do what they want. I think they well overpaid for Devontae in terms of his contract. He'll never live up to that number, and it's it's quite impossible for him to, in my opinion, going from Rodgers to Derek Carr. But as long as the Broncos focus on the Broncos, they're going to be okay. I think that's the uh, the view that Broncos country should take as well.
0: Nash the Fifth, good to see you, bro. He says, good evening, Priest. Are you happy with Randy Gregory? Or would you have preferred Chandler Jones, Hassan Riddick, or Vaughn Miller? Zach, you seem to be pretty uh, stoked on Randy Gregory. I personally am fine with it. I just have some fears with about the character thing and come to a state in which the problem chemical for him is legal and available on corners, basically, right, uh, here in Colorado. So I think from a... If you look at age, you look at remaining upside, remaining gas uh, in the tank, tread on the tires, however you want to look at it. He was the best option, maybe right up there with Redick in that sense. But I really do think Gregory gives you the best upside, but that upside higher upside, Zach, does come with, I mean, we're talking about Randy Gregory here, all right, some downside risk. Let's just hope it doesn't come to that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. You're paying Gregory for his upside, and I mentioned yesterday the Broncos are the first team in his professional career that has invested in him, that has given him that multi-year deal, given him that generational, life-changing money, and I think he's going to pay the Broncos back for their investment and their trust as well. I wanted Chandler Jones. Um, Obviously, he got a huge contract from Vegas, and I think he was out of the Broncos' price point. I didn't think Vaughn coming back was super realistic and him going to Buffalo and making – Oh, 20 a year, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of coin. Reddick would have been a nice fallback, but there's something about Gregory that just is so appealing because of his attitude, his tenacity, his game-changing ways, his forced fumbles, his sacks. He can turn a game on a dime, and he's that firebrand that the Broncos have lacked for many years now. So as long as he stays healthy, I'm not worried about the weed. He's a professional NFL athlete. If he wanted weed, he can get it anytime from anyone in any place. I think it's the injuries. If he can just stay healthy, he's going to be a fan favorite. Is he going to wear 94?
0: That's what I want to know. Pot roast, wore it well, then, of course, D-wear. Oi boy, Josh the Chaos Boy himself. What's good, bro? Thank you for the very generous super. He says, Priest Adams to the Raiders. AFC West is hands down the wildest division in football. Outside of right tackle, we need some solid play at linebacker and slot corner to shut down the firepower in the division. Free agency or the draft. We got to level up. Yeah. Corner's still a big hole right now. You got the outside, two outside guys done. That's great. But what do you got for slot when you're going to be playing out of nickel and dime sub packages, majority of your snaps? Um Benjamin Albright for example reporting on Broncos are looking at corners right now right tackle I think they made their move for whatever reason maybe it was the whole Lyle Collins thing Zach was a little just in the wake of everything else they've done was a little too um a bridge too far so to speak they brought in Tom Compton let that figure itself out with calvin Anderson combined with the draft corner I think right now he brought josie back so there's no like big hole at linebacker corner right now and safety. I think you can get by, you could, you probably, if you err on the side, going back to the whole upside thing, Zach, and potential, you could probably err on that side of things with Caden Stearns next to Justin Simmons and and hope for the best because he showed a lot of strong, positive signs of being an impact playmaker. But his skill set is more kind of in line with what Simmons does as opposed to what you would traditionally kind of think of as a strong safety corner in the slot, though. That's my biggest Thing missing from this defense right now.
1: Yeah, I was going to say there's Stefan Gilmore still out there, but he's not really a slot guy. So I'm, I'm going to bring back Bryce Callahan if, if it was up to me, give him a one-year deal, put a lot of incentives and escalators in there and hope he stays healthy. When he's healthy, he's an all-pro caliber corner. No hyperbole, no exaggeration. That's what he is. I would attack that area through the draft. Um, safety, I'm good. I'm good with Caden Stearns. I'm good with Jamar Johnson. Maybe you add another rookie to fortify that spot, but I think they're pretty good there opposite Simmons. And yeah, right tackle. It's always been a a huge Broncos need, and now especially with the weakest link on that line being right tackle, protecting Russell Wilson, it's a priority. I don't know what they're going to do on the open market. There's Lyle Collins, Dennis Kelly, and uh, other guys I don't think you want that are much better than Tom Compton. I think they're going to address that area through the draft and uh, put a premium onus on it, as they should have Many years now. Fonzie, again,
0: thank you, buddy. For the the four QBs in the AFC West, it feels like mobility will be key to surviving the pass rush that's to come. How would you rank the four uh, quarterbacks in terms of mobility? That's easy, dude. Russ, Mahomes, Herbert, Carr, in that order. And, yes, I'm saying that Russell Wilson is a more mobile quarterback. Now, look, then Mahomes. Mahomes... Has that devilish knack for just avoiding the rush and just enough athleticism to punish you when things get off schedule. But in terms of really, you know, how you would define mobility, Russ has that same preternatural sixth sense too, Zach, and the athleticism to boot. But then he takes it up a notch in terms of actually being able to, uh, you know, take chunks out of you with his legs. Like he's, I can pull up his stats, but some of his rushing production over the years, like. I'm going to err on Russell on that one. Yeah, Mahomes
1: also runs like a toddler who pooped his pants. When Russell Wilson <laughs> runs, it's a little more smooth and solid. So, yeah, I'm going to say he has better escapability even at his uh his age at 33, I think he's a better mobile quarterback than Patrick. I'm just looking here uh rushing
0: and receiving. So, I mean, the year the second year the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl, all right, the one they lost in that final Interception to the Patriots that year, Russ rushed for 849 yards and and six tutties. Um, He has almost 5,000 career rushing yards. So you, you know, project that over the 10 years he's been in the league, Zach, he's good for nearly 500 rush yards a year when he's healthy. And he's mostly healthy. 16, 16, 16, 16. Last year was the only year he missed starts since becoming a freaking pro. Phil, love you, bro. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not sold on Gregory. He missed all of 17 and 19 with his suspensions. Last year, he had 12 games. Looked good until the injury. So let's hope that is that is his new standard. I also wonder why Peyton would let uh, Morgan Moses, the tackle, get away when the Ravens got him for $5 million a year. Yeah. Keeping the faith. Yeah, it's a good question. I think, again, um, the Broncos are hedging on Russell Wilson, being able to elevate a few of the guys that on the surface – don't inspire a ton of confidence.
1: Well, Phil, I agree with your Moses point. I said that yesterday, 5 million a year uh, would have been a steal and he would have been a giant upgrade on Compton and Calvin. So um, they did miss there in that sense, but maybe they thought they can have a better chance at Lyle Collins. Um, To the previous point about Randy Gregory, I'm just, you know, you know how far, uh, long ago 2019 is an NFL term. That's three years ago he hasn't been in trouble since then. He's been on the straight and narrow. He's grown up and matured a lot. Trust me on that when I tell you. He's a different man than he was during those suspensions. He had anxiety. He learned to cope with it and overcome it. It's not the wheat. It's not his baggage that's a concern. It's the injuries. If he stays healthy, you have a double-digit sack guy that's going to change games single-handedly. I promise you that.
0: Christian, do you expect the Broncos to target a long-term right tackle like Trevor Penning instead of acquiring Collins? I think that would be the more uh, likely outcome right now is a tackle in the draft than Lyle Collins. But, um, you know, Penning, doing some research, we got a question similar to this last night. Dude's not getting out of the first round. So unless the Broncos want to figure out how to get back into the first round, which, you know, they don't have a second-round pick next year, They've got their 64 this year. They got two threes this year. Not going to be easy for them to get back into the first round if they want to. So they're going to have to, if they want a tackle uh early at 64, is where they're going to probably have to uh they might be able to move up a little in the second round, Zach, with those two third round picks, but um that'll be dependent just on their board and who's there. And you know, he likes to have more darts. They moved around a little bit last year, Zach, in the uh on day two and three. Well, day three of the draft, I should say, but they went into the draft with 10 picks. They came out of the draft with 10 selections. Now they weren't the exact same picks they went into the draft with, but 10 selections going in, 10 selections coming out. George Payton likes to make his picks. So I don't think you're going to see him liquidate further assets to try and move back up. They're going to see what's there for him when they go on the clock at 64,
1: I think. I would just hate to rely on that, like hoping Penning falls, or you have a chance at a decent tackle prospect. That's why I would have loved to get a Morgan Moses or a Lyle Collins, just so you you feel good, regardless of what happens in the draft. And I'm right there with you. It, it's tough, and even Peyton admitted uh, giving up the first round picks and the, and the second round pick for Russell Wilson was tough for him, but he couldn't pass it up. He's not going to do that twice. Picks are still gold to George Payton. He believes in building through the draft to establish his his foundation. He could move up in the second. I don't think he will. We just have to hope there's a decent tackle prospect on the board.
0: Juero, he he says LMFAOA. LMFAO. My bad. The toddler who poops his pants (laughs) is the most accurate description ever. Good thing we already have younger, better Devontae Adams. Yeah, I said it. We shall see, by the way, a couple of options at tackle, 64. All right, look at Abraham Lucas. Look at Braxton Jones from Scott Kennedy. The Duchess, would you really trust a rookie at right tackle with Wilson's help? You know, in a perfect world, no. But the NFL is never perfect, so you kind of got to make the best of and the most of what you've got. Depends on who that rookie is, to be frank with you, Michaela, because it's based on who's the player. You know, let me see how talented this guy is. Let me see how smart he is. There's something that I wrote about today in the Five Takeaways article from um, the Russell Wilson presser is he talked about, you know, what it takes to be successful in the league as individual players and then how that translates to collective success. He really hammered on, did Russell Wilson, the intellectual rigor with which players have to attack their their jobs as as pros and if they do that's where it it pays dividends so the real secret here zach is not just finding the best athletes pick the position right tackle quarterback any positions not just finding the best athletes the broncos have been down that path paxton lynch probably the most athletically gifted quarterback in his class but what did he bring to the table intellectually nothing zip zero and so, hey, find a right tackle with some talent. You're gonna, there's gonna be plenty of them. But really, find the right tackle who can be on the level intellectually with Russ, and you'll probably be okay if you have to start a rookie.
1: Yeah, I think you said it depends on the rookie. If it's penning, I trust him. If it's some guy that's like the fifth or sixth guy on their board, then I feel a little shaky. That's why you wanted a better vet there. And maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of it. I'm just traumatized by the Elijah Wilkinson disasters and stuff like that. I hate the Band-Aids at right tackle. They've suffered there for too long. I want them to get it right. And I've been pounding this table, this particular table, for quite a while. Get a right tackle through the draft place a premium on that position and stock the cupboards. You're not looking for year to year for the next guy.
0: Jimaine, whoever wins the West is going to the Super Bowl. Could be, could be my friend, but we are out of time. Scott, do we have any, uh, 11th hours or we do. Okay. We got a rapid fire here. Um, let's see, Barack. Let's throw Barack on. Did Randy Gregory have a press conference? Not it's yet. More. That's going to, yeah, it's going to be tomorrow. Appreciate you. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for that super chat. Stick around. Nathan Gale, thank you for the support, my friend. Really do appreciate it. Connect with us on Twitter, guys. Like Facebook for us is where we like to share content, but we hang out on YouTube and Twitter and the website itself, milehighhuddle.com. So make sure you're following us on Twitter, Nathan. That's where we can keep the conversation going outside these streams. Chad Beach in the house. Appreciate the stars, big dog. By the way, we went into tonight's stream on Facebook with the goal of 250,000 stars at 54%. When we reach that goal, as you guys know, we're raffling off a of Broncos jersey. Or should I just say, Zach, we're raffling off a of Russell Wilson jersey uh, to uh, someone who helped us contribute to that goal. Like Howie Frickin' Dave, potentially, could be in on that. So thank you, Howie. Uh, you the man as well. And let me see here. Man, love that tonight's chat, just good vibe. A lot of great uh, comments, a lot of great topics, a lot of great questions, but we got to go. So, Eric, you the man. Appreciate you as well. Zach, if you want to get us going, I'll pull up Facebook and YouTube.
1: Yeah, because the news never stops. For anyone who cares, the Panthers are out on Deshaun Watson is now down to the Falcons and the Saints. So... Hope we get a resolution on that. That was the Huddle Up Podcast, though. We are off until Sunday. But until that time, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mileye Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad N. Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you want a beanie like I'm wearing, if you want a shirt like I'm wearing, a hat like Chad's wearing, go to HuddleUpPod.com. That's our merch store. Check that out. Lots of goodies in there. And Facebook.com slash Huddle Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. Guys. If you haven't gone to Apple Podcasts, please leave your Football Priest a five-star review for a chance to win a goodie each and every month. But if you can't do those things, please, guys, please, please, please do these three things. takes a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen. And they're out there. You want to talk
0: about wandering the desert? There's tens of thousands of Broncos fans just like you, unaware of this community. Waiting to embrace them. The more you like the videos, the more you share it out there, helps us reach them, right? That's no lie. Shout out to these great super chat superstars tonight Jay Bone, Naj, Corey, Edward, Fonzie, Bryce. Hey. That's right. The Duchess, Tom, Retro Rob, Flazify, Dave, Clayto, Mike, Nash the Fifth, Oi Boy, Josh, Christian, and Barack, and also Huero. Much love and respect. And then The finishers on Facebook tonight, Howie on Top, appreciate you, big dog, followed by T twice, Jermaine, Phil, GLP, Jeremy, Andrew, Chad Beach, Miguel, Nathan Gale, Eric Weber, Marcus Lewis-Henna, and Lawrence Rivera. Thanks for a great week of podcasting. It's been just such a pleasure to get on these streams with you and talk about the exciting things going down at Dove Valley. So we'll look forward to talking to you next
1: week. Guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy the Russell Wilson afterglow. It's still an amazing trade, exciting time in Broncos country. We'll see you Sunday night. Take care, and as always, go Broncos.
0: You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.